Hey, good people, this is Terrell Colbert, and I'm making a digital racket. Some people call themselves the jack of all trades. They may play guitar and sing. They may write and draw a little bit. But a jack of all trades does a whole lot of things. They do all of them at a pretty good pace where you can kind of look at them and you can see they're, they're mastering these different arts. And uh, that's what I've tried to do. Uh, a lot of people, their jobs, I'm in marketing. and marketing, you find yourself doing a lot of different activities. But uh, it takes a lot of skill and it takes a lot of thought. And, and it takes you a lot of different places. And you have to balance all those. Well, a few years ago, I met a person who I think I would say is a master of traits, and that is Terrell Colbert. I was at a, uh, I think we met at a comic show. May, I don't think it was Nova. I think it was maybe a smaller one. And uh, I was immediately, this is when you're, one of your earlier issues of what we're going to talk about later, bam. Was it Detroit Fanfare? It might have been the Detroit Fanfare that was actually in Detroit, or no, one of the Dearborn ones. Yeah, I believe it was, Yep. And when I saw your stuff and I saw what you're doing and I picked up the zine because I was still a person who loves to see printed work, really just uh, fell in love with the things that you're doing, how you're doing it. And it followed you since then. And we always bump into each other at comic book shows. And uh, I thought you were kind of one of the perfect people to put on Digital Racket to talk about your craft and your art and all the different things we do. So let's just like step way back to tell me and tell me about. Uh, like kind of your first foray into art, whether it was drawing or photography, and what you liked about it. Uh, I first started out as an illustrator, and uh, I think uh, way back in high school, it was just the uh, idea of storytelling. Um, when I was uh, young, I used to make little mini uh, comic books. Like I would uh, see movies like Transformers the movie or something like that, and then I would try to mimic these. Uh, what happened after the fact in the comic book? So you know, Transformers or He Man, it ended, and so I would draw the continuation to what happened, and then you know, as um, pretty much time went on, I just began to develop a true desire and love to continue storytelling and make it as visually appealing as possible. Um, the very first uh, image I ever received was um, a cousin uh, who drew uh, Voltron for me. And I thought it was this interesting thing. I, I couldn't understand how he just made something out of nothing. So that in itself uh, captivated me and it allowed me to explore, uh, you know, just... Uh, my own particular art style and as I, I grew uh, older I started making uh, 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 recordings to my uh, artwork so <laughs> there would be these comics and I would record the sound effects and everything to it so you had little cassette tapes that went with the comics <laughs> and uh, that then began my desire to start making short films so it, it all played in unison together, kind of, how I, how I began, you know, uh, 
telling my own stories, my own fan fiction, my own original uh, stories. And I found myself wanting to be around people who were into the same thing as me. So, uh, you know, that, of course, led to comic book conventions and finding uh, individuals who were inspired by the same things as me, such as yourself, you know. Yeah, exactly. So. But I like the evolution of it, this idea of sound and drawings. Yeah. But I really like that idea. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, anytime that I am feeling uninspired or anything like that, I'll, I'll pop in Transformers, the movie or the original uh, Ninja Turtles movie and, you know, draw upon that stuff. I mean, there are a lot of uh, awesome anime out there because I, I do draw from a lot of different, uh, you know, genres uh, and I, I do love anime. But, you know, it's the core stuff like the, you know, G.I. Joe and, you know, uh, Transformers that originally spark that intrigue. And then, you know, once I started going to comic book conventions and actually seeing there are people who will dress up as my favorite characters, I'm like, oh, I love cosplay now. <laughs> so, you know, I begin um, taking photographs of these individuals and that sparked the beginning of BAM. But that's how we met, uh, you know, through that translation of uh, photography, because you, my friend, are a good photographer as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I definitely, you know, we, we focus on it. it, it talk about, because I, I, that's what, I, what it seems like you've done with your evolution is how important is it to create an aesthetic and what you consider is your aesthetic. Some people call it a brand. I like to use the word aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, yeah, I generally go by brand too, but I mean, I, I want to something that uh, pretty much came from my past and also was uh, blatant and just, you know, in your face, which, uh, you know, was bam. But uh, it was funny because uh, when I was younger uh, and I, I was in high school, I used to run track. I was, I was uh, track and field. And <clears throat> I would have these horrendous uh, asthma attacks uh, while on, on the track field. And then I had, I, I, I did a, a band. I was in band, too. So my band teacher uh, came up with this frat name for me because I would always be out of breath and stuff during every performance and, uh, you know, after every track meet. And my frat name was Breathe Again. <laughs> oh, that's where that came from. Yeah, exactly. See, I thought you were going to say he called you Wheezy. No. <laughs> That would have been a good one too, <laughs> but no, and that's where "Breathe Again" originally came from. And so, you know, after that, you know, um, I, I, I uh, once I got older, um, you know, there were just a lot of things that I, I tried to do to kind of like uh, showcase my drawings and stuff like that. And a lot of things didn't work out. Certain partnerships dissolved and stuff like that. So at one point, I just was done with everything and I decided to do the things that made me happy and you know if anybody liked it they could come along with me you know and uh, you know and with Breathe Again there is no prejudice anybody because that's what I love about cosplayers you know it doesn't matter who you are or what you look like you can cosplay as anybody that you want to and that is the most uh sincere non-threatening thing in the world to me because we have so much nonsense in the world today i you know i want to be a part of something that is full of love and you know inspiration and that inspires me 
So, you know, at, after I was done with everything, uh, you know, breathe again just popped in my head again. I was like, you know, I feel like I can breathe again. And, you know, uh, that's when the magazine pretty much started. Uh, the M kind of slid in there from the magazine. And I was like, bam, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> so, you know, that's how uh, Breathing In Magazine be, uh, began to develop itself. It's pretty much just like a rebirth of things, you know, taking all those, taking that multimedia and just merging it together to make one beautiful thing. And you just finished your sixth issue? Yes, I just finished my sixth issue of BAM. Uh, and, you know, BAM right now is a digital uh, magazine downloadable uh, uh, in P PDF form, but you can also get a physical copy at my store, Envy. But um, I, I usually do uh, once a year the, the physical copy because I, to myself, am a, a fan of, you know, just the the physical book that you can have in your hand and read and stuff that because I was a huge fan of wizard when wizard was out and you know I wanted to create something like that where you can just go in into the book and kind of lose yourself you find all these fun little articles about uh you know cosplayers that you might not have uh met in person but you've seen online and you know same thing with comic book creators because there are a lot of fantastic uh independent comic book creators out there and, um, you know, I wanted BAM to bring those people to you. So, you know, in case you wanted to find out more about them, what new projects they're working on. And, you know, uh, just to mash the, the, you know, the whole culture together, because uh, sometimes the whole cosplay and artist thing can be divided a little bit because of, you know, the whole attention thing. Uh, but, you know, if you're a good artist, um, I think that that's something that people can't deny you know what i mean if you love uh, this culture that's something that people will thrive on that's something that you should thrive on it shouldn't be about uh well this person is still in my light this person is doing this and you know this person is doing that it's just it's just about an amalgam of creativity that comes together that's what comic book conventions are about to me and that's what bam represents it, re it represents the entire culture not just a section of it yeah, no, I like that because I think that, you know, originally, well, I still think there are a lot of different views on cosplaying. And I, I think I agree with you that I think it's a great confidence builder. And I can see that the people, like a lot of people, are very shy and withdrawn. And when they put on the costume, they're more outgoing. They feel better about themselves. Yeah. And they, a lot of people, it's funny, you know, these meek and quiet people, they can't speak to a soul. But once they put on that costume, they become, like you said, this totally different person. And they're able to communicate and collaborate with individuals. And I think that's that's something that we should thrive to do, not just, you know, in the you know heat of the moment at a convention but outside of the convention just like with the i think it's funny the, the with the pokemon go thing you know these people they they come together they meet up to go look for pokemons but then these uh beautiful friendships are starting to develop you know and and that's the thing with uh, comic book conventions because that's that's what's been happening for years now uh like you and me you know we met at a comic book convention and we just clicked because you know uh we're both into the same things and we you know we both admire each other's work and i think uh, me as an artist 
I can sit at a booth and, you know, sell my artwork and draw and enjoy the atmosphere and still, you know, extend like some type of collaboration with the cosplayer. That's why I include a lot of cosplay photos and interviews in my book, because I, I find those uh, lives interesting, how a person can sit down <laughs> and put together an entire uh, Batman suit or Catwoman suit and, you know, bring it to the convention and just look identical to this character. You know, that amazes me. So I, I think there are a lot of things that we can learn from each other in this culture. Well, I think you take it a step further, though, because, I mean, I will go to shows and I would take pictures of cosplayers, but you will take them in studios and you, and you will do a <laughs> lot of manipulation to make that actually put them into maybe in space or mm -hmm. in a city yeah. scene <laughs> or, you know, in battle. And, you know, the funny thing is there... Yeah, uh, a lot of people um, I've ran into, they look at it and they're like, oh, you can, boy, you can make a lot of money off of this. You can do this. You can do that. But, you know, when I'm sitting uh, at my computer and I'm editing these photos, I'm like a kid in a candy store. It's like, uh, you know, if you have uh, Black Widow or the Dark Phoenix or something on your computer screen, I'm adding this fire and all this stuff. And it's just like, you know, you're you're playing with your G.I. Joes again as a kid or something like that. So the whole creative process with that to me is just like, you know, uh, being able to uh, use my imagination and explore, you know, facets of my imagination that I haven't used in a long time. Because, uh, you know, at some point, you know, when, when you have work and kids and everything like that, you, you kind of don't play with your G.I. Joes and, and Transformers as much as you used to. <laughs> well, beyond the, uh, the, the printed stuff you do, you do videos, and I've seen both uh, videos that are kind of docu small, short little documentary. Mm -hmm. Here's what's going on, scene happenings videos, and then I have seen actual. Well, it's more like cosplay fan fiction videos. Yeah, absolutely. tell me a little bit about each of those, uh, especially the uh, cosplay about your direction of those videos. Do you give a lot of direction, and where does it start from? Um, the uh, do you mean the, uh, the well with each one? Let's start with okay. the sort of the BAM documentary videos. That okay. You do. Well, primarily for those, uh, which is that that's like an extension of the magazine itself. So when um, when there are small little details that might be too much information to put inside uh, the book, I actually go back to uh, possible interviews that I've had with uh, independent artists or cosplayers, and, you know, I'll put that into a video. Or even when I go to conventions uh, and, I, and I get a lot of video footage of the cosplayers and stuff, I like to put uh, maybe a collaboration of music behind the shots of these cosplayers showing off their costumes. But, uh, uh, bam... Then the web series is pretty much just like a, a podcast that, you know, we have that we uh, put out uh, every month for individuals to see. Sometimes we'll, we'll have maybe three or four episodes a month. Sometimes we'll only have one. But um, for the most part, uh, like I said, those videos are informational and uh, sometimes we'll have stuff about uh, mainstream comics on there, like Harley Quinn, say, you know, because we had one not too long ago about Harley Quinn, about how this particular Harley Quinn for the Suicide Squad differs from the one that we've been used to. And, you know, it's not to knock the, the new Harley Quinn or anything like that, but I, I've been a fan of the old one for a long time ago, and I love that source material. 
because you know it's one thing um, when we take these female characters that we've grown up knowing and and you know they've been able to structure them into strong I you know uh, you know strong icons for mm-hmm. uh, females but you know once you start taking that uh, creative license and going another route you got to think of the implications that it might have on the audience that's actually watching this and and that was one of our biggest things on the show um you know uh how will this affect the future run of harley quinn you know because this is the first time you've seen her on the big screen so you know you kind of want to do a little bit of fan service here for people who followed you for uh such a long time but we do uh specials like that on a Catwoman and you know different characters like that we also have top 10s like the top 10 uh relationships in uh comics and you know different stuff like that for our uh YouTube channel and um, you know from there we kind of extend to uh, fan fiction we stay within the the realms of what we can actually produce because we don't have a lot of money but you know when we do do uh, fan films and stuff like that we head for stuff like Gotham City Sirens or you know a Catwoman or uh, right now we're actually working on a Domino Domino fan film and our biggest thing there is to pretty much uh, uh, show the, uh, you know, good writing as far as uh, telling the story development of these characters. Like, we want we want to write for these characters how we want to see them on the big screen, you know. And that's pretty much following the source material. If it's out there, you should use it because, I mean, there's so much beautiful source material that's out there that's been untapped because I think that a lot of times Hollywood feels that they have to um, up the ante for this new generation or make it a little bit more, uh, you know, spectacular than it really has to be. Because, um, you know, there were a lot of things that I saw in Batman versus Superman that I just didn't agree with. Like, <laughs> it's, as far as, uh, you know, Batman actually mowing down anybody with a machine right. gun. I mean, this, this character, his parents were... You know, murdered by a gun. That that's the that should be the furthest thing from Batman's mind is taking a life. So I mean, when we uh, write for these characters and when we make these shorts, it's pretty much showing that you can stick to the source material and fans will follow you because they appreciate that that honor that you've shown them. I mean, everybody's going to have their own opinion about stuff, but um. there's a reason why people are following these characters and it's not because it's something that you just made up there's years of uh you know of uh material that's been built up behind these characters that drive them so that's that's what's behind the the fan fiction that uh, we produce just to kind of see just to kind of put our stories out there the things that we want to see on the on the big screen are you comfortable like giving direction um with poses and telling people what to do? I am uh, because I'm a director. <laughs> In the beginning, I was, yeah, I was a little standoffish about what I, I wanted. And a lot of times I was very disappointed because I, I didn't speak up, you know. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, I was shy as a child too. So I think this particular genre, uh, this particular uh, culture has kind of like co- uh, coached me in a way. 
So, uh, yeah, now I'm very comfortable with it. If I need somebody to uh, do a specific pose to make that picture just outstanding, um, I'm definitely going to coach them in, in that area. And most of the time, uh, they don't have an issue with it because uh, a lot of times if you're talking to somebody uh, who's cosplaying, they're very meticulous about what they're doing too. So they want you to show them the exact way how you want this picture to look so that uh, it'll look, you know, as nice as you want it to look. And I'm the same way when I'm, I'm shooting a short film. When I'm shooting a short film, I'm very particular in what I want because I, I'm also thinking as a fanboy. I'm, I'm thinking to myself like, okay, if they do this, then fans are going to freak out because I would, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable now when it comes to uh, giving direction. Yeah, I think that I have a hard time doing that still because I still, in my own head, I mean... If I tell somebody to pose a certain way and I pose that way, I look silly. <laughs> and then they can pose that way, though, and it looks really good. Oh, man. So. These, uh, my models, they could give you some stories. Because uh, <laughs> in my studio, <laughs> in my studio, whenever we're doing stuff in front of the green screen or backdrop, and, you know, there are sitting poses and stuff. Oh, my God. I can't tell you how many times I've just looked totally ridiculous doing the poses. And they'll chuckle and they'll laugh. And, uh, you know, this kind of breaks breaks the mood though they're like okay he's willing to do that i can do this <laughs> so i yeah man they they've had some amazing uh stories to tell people <laughs> and I, i'm comfortable with that because i mean in the end the the uh you know what we were trying to do it, it conveyed you know what i mean so uh it was, it was very much worth it so you got your videos, and so you got a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. You have your website, and I've seen you're, you're pretty active on social media. Where do you tell people to go? Is there just one area to find to keep up with you? Bamimagery.com. Because right there, that's where you can find everything. My Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, my YouTube channel. That's where you can find everything that I'm doing uh, or working on from there. that episode at Terrell's house and he was a terrific host. I really thank him for his generosity. We hung out for about 20 minutes before the recording, did the recording, then we hung out for a little bit longer and uh, I'm excited to see so much more from bamimagery.com. Make sure you go there, check out his stuff, go see his YouTube videos. There have been a couple just recently released and uh, really like the format of them. Very informative, good stuff. Things coming up for me, actually let's back up. Let's talk about what I've done. I just got back from Thrival. If you remember on the first episode, I talked about this festival Thrival I was going to that is in Pittsburgh, and it is a tremendous. It was a tremendous show. I drove down there on a Friday, uh, stayed with my friend Jim Marino, who has been my friend since I was five years old. So it was great to hang out with him. And this festival was so well put together, and 
had so many wonderful things going on with all the bands that were playing two stages uh, back to back. They would have one. And this goes back to reminding me of Lanaway that came here to Meadowbrook back in 2013, where you had two stages set up and one band would play on one stage. And as soon as they were done, 15 minutes later, another band was playing on the next stage. They go back and forth just like that. Tons of artwork. Uh, the backdrop, so it was at an abandoned steel mill in Pittsburgh. So you had this urban decay of a steel mill. It looked amazing. It reminded me a lot of Detroit with Russell Industrial Center, except imagine a steel mill with a train running in the background. So cool looking and uh, brilliantly lit. A lot of the photos I took at Thrival are up at the Digital Racket Facebook page. So Digital Racket Facebook page, you will see a lot of crowd photos I did. I've, been, I've got two sets up, 50 photos in each. And uh, people are already looking at those and liking those photos. The band photos are, are to come. And I saw Churches, one of my favorite bands, play on Friday night. They gave a terrific performance, and I got a lot of good photos. Probably over 100 I've edited so far. I posted a few to the Instagram page. I'll post more there and on my Facebook page. I took photos of Metric. Um, not so happy with the Metric photos, but I will post a few of those good ones soon as well. So lots to post from there that you'll see. The other thing I did recently, and this is coming up on a new episode of Digital Racket in October, I went to Motor City Nightmares, one of my favorite uh, cons. This is a horror con, and I met some great people there. Uh, One of the people I talked to was Nivek Ogre. Nivek Ogre of Skinny Puppy, actor, and also, obviously, the uh, artist, musician of Skinny Puppy. One of my idols, actually one of the people that I followed around since college, always kind of thinking, you know, he's a person I'd really like to talk to. Well, he was hanging out at the show, and really nice guy. Talked to him on both days. He saw my, I showed him my photos I took at Skinny Puppy a couple years ago, and he loved, he liked the photos so much that uh, he actually wanted me to put a USB together for him of the photos so he could use them. And then we did a recording on Sunday. So the next interview, the next show episode of Digital Racket is actually an interview with Nivek Ogre talking about his art and his work. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, then I'll have one more episode in October. I haven't set that one up yet, so I can't tell you what it is. That is it for this episode. Really appreciate you guys listening. And uh, if you got an email you want to send to me, you can send it to me at digitalracket at yahoo.com. And I want you to know that uh, you keep your, making your digital racket, and I'll keep making mine. Digital racket.